All right. It is my pleasure to introduce our um, guest speaker today, Reverend Carolyn Douglas. She's an ordained minister of religious science and is currently the senior minister and center director at the Center for Spiritual Living Peninsula in Redwood City. She is a teacher, working workshop facilitator, program development consultant, and spiritual coach. Her educational and professional graduate degrees are in natural science, biochemistry, metaphysics, environmental management, and divinity through Lemoyne Owen College, University of Metaphysics, University of San Francisco, and Holmes Institute, respectively. She further serves at the Centers for Spiritual Living Community as a regional support coordinator in Central and Northern California. And in that position, she is supporting us through our transition to a new minister, for which I am very grateful. And so, without further ado, Reverend Carolyn Douglas. Mm, thank you. Much less, Master. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, the handshake is because I'm a Toastmaster. And anytime we transition from one thing to the other, we always shake hands. And then, because I like people, I do the hug. <laughs> And hugging is good because hugging is that little sense of compassion that lets you know, okay, it's okay to be here, right? You feel sort of good being there. So you heard from my sketchy little uh, autobiography there that I am an environmentalist. So if you're not one, I'm asking for your tolerance in this day <laughs> because I have some comments. I have some ideas. I have something to say. I work for the Environmental Protection Agency from 1989 to 2013. Previous to that, I worked for the Navy in the Environmental Office from uh, 1987 until I went over to the EPA. And previous to that, I worked with Veterans Administration and Medical Centers, and I was involved in research, and I was involved with the veterans. So I have quite a bit of federal experience that led me to where I am now in my thinking about the environment. So today's talk is community and connection. Now, this program says commitment. Spirit has a wonderful way of telling us about what we need to learn about. That was directed at me. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> community and connection. <laughs> I need to do something about my commitments. All right. When we are talking about community, and I invite you to participate with me, I'm okay with talking back. What are we talking about when we say community? We're talking about people who are gathered together for a common cause, 
common attitudes, common ways of being, common ways of living. You have things in relationship, in association. Is that not right? All right, some of us live in the same neighborhood. Some of us live in the same city. Some of us live on the same planet. Anybody here from Mars? Anybody here from Venus? Oh, so everybody is from Earth? Oh, I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. Well, it, it's wonderful that we're all here on this planet because we have something in common in terms of community. And what we have in common is our environment. We believe that our planet will support our livingness, right? Who does not want clean air? You don't want clean air? Who wants clean water? Who wants clean food to eat? In other words, who wants clean soil? We want clean soil to plant the seeds into the ground such that we receive clean, healthy food. Let me tell you a little bit about my family history. I come from a family of farmers. I lived in the city all my life. I was born and raised in the house in the city where my parents bought. But my mother and my father's families, they were both farmers. Farmers, so there were farms in the family. And during the summertime when school was over, my parents would put all seven of us kids in my father's truck bed and carry us to the farms. And we spent our summers on the farms. And we learned about planting crops and we learned about gathering of the food from the crops. We learn how to handle the food so that it could go to the market and to be very helpful with and careful in how we handle the food. So we learned in a nice way how to be the steward of this food that we were gathering and that we would be selling and sharing with others. I'm not going to give anybody a false impression that we were rich. I'm going to tell you the truth that we didn't know that we were poor until we started learning about economy and the economic system. Why didn't we know that we were poor? We didn't know that we were poor because my father was a carpenter and a contractor. And during the summer times, during the spring, he had plenty of work. During the winter time in Memphis, Tennessee, there was snow and ice on the ground, and he was not able to work. So whatever money he received as workman's compensation around that time, that went to pay the utility bill. But guess what? We had so much food in the house, and Ernest Holmes says in this prosperity prayer, I have enough to for what I need, I have enough to share, I have enough to spare. My family was able to support families on the street where we live because of the farms. 
in the family and what we learn to do with what's there. So our theme is for this month, being good stewards of our planet Earth. If we don't learn how to take care of the resources that are here, then the resources can't take care of us. We have a responsibility toward the earth, says Thomas Berry. He was a Catholic priest some years ago out of our century. But he said that anyone in a spiritual tradition has a responsibility to be a steward of the earth. In other words, taking care of the earth. So we have to be mindful of when we smell the air, we have to wonder what's going on here. If it isn't the smell of food, if it isn't just the smell of life living, we need to know what is that smell because there's something else that's there. As a steward of the earth, we need to be aware that in our taking care of the earth, that the earth will take care of us. How many of us have ever had a sickening feeling from just a smell? Just a smell. And you know that it's not healthy for you. When I was working for the Environmental Protection Agency, I worked in the Superfund program. And that program was responsible for the assessment and cleanup of hazardous areas. And I have to tell you my little thing that I really love. I love hurricanes, I love wind, I love torrential rains because that is one of the earth's ways of cleaning the earth. Can I share a little story with you? All right, here's a little story. I was doing a project over in Kauai. The community there had this piece of land that they wanted to use to build a community center and recreational center for the children. But in the assessment of the land, we found out there was arsenic in the land. And it was at levels high enough where you would not want the children to be out there playing. So they asked for our help, and we said yes. And we sat around and we thought about how do we get rid of this arsenic, which is the naturally occurring metal in our environment but it was at a level that was too high for the children to play on. How do we get rid of it? So this team of people got together, putting our heads together. We did research and found out there were a couple of universities that had done studies on how we can economically get rid of the arsenic. There's this fern, a natural plant in our environment that had an affinity for uptaking from the soil arsenic. So we went out and we, we got all of those plants that would uptake that arsenic and we planted the ferns on the property. And after a few weeks, we pulled some up to see whether or not they were doing the job. And guess what? We saw that they were doing the job. They were uptaking the arsenic on that property, but then it started raining. Oh my goodness, we thought, 
what's going to happen now? Will the water suppress the uptake of the arsenic because the plant is going to get swelled with water and there just won't be any room? Well, it continued to rain and we continued to worry. The rain turned into a hurricane and we we're like, oh my goodness, our project is totally screwed. It's really messed up. And the winds came and the rain came and the winds got even rougher. And guess what? It started sweeping off, eroding off that topsoil. And it kept raining 40 days and 40 nights and it kept eroding that layer of soil that had all of that arsenic in it. And once it finally stopped, we went out and said, where are the ferns? The ferns are not here. The ferns were gone. But guess what? So was the arsenic. You see why I like hurricanes? You see why I don't argue with Mother Nature when Mother Nature says, I have a little cleaning to do. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful thing. So we have our way of being involved with the earth, connecting with the earth, and for some situations being submissive to what the earth needs to do at a particular time. Now, I'm not, I, I'm sorry about people who lose their lives as a result of some of the climate things. I'm really sorry about that. But I still must articulate that we are in a relationship with this earth and we have to live and learn how to live in harmony with the earth. So when the weatherman tells you do not go down into your basement. Go to a place that's been designated that's safe for you to be. Do that. Do that. So our relationship to the earth, it takes care of us. And not only does it take care of us, but it takes care of all of the plants, the animals, everything, the water, everything that is of the earth. We each have a connection directly to the earth. The earth gives to us and we give to the earth and we give to one another. Hey, we give to one another. The earth is generous to us. How many of you have to pay for air? Oh, got it. How many of us have to pay for water? Okay, we, 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 you know, we have water companies. Okay, yeah, but other than that, <laughs> I mean, on the farm, we didn't pay for any water. My grandfather and my uncles would drill a hole in the ground, and there was a well there, and we had free water. But we also learned to be very careful in taking care of the water, right? Because we wanted to have clean water. So, what we have before us today is a suggested perspective from the Science of Mind point of view, which says that we have a common unity right here 
on this planet. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with orientation. It has nothing to do with anything other than we're all humans. And then most of us may have a little pet that's a human in the family too. A human showing up as a cat or a dog. <laughs> because we treat them that way and it's okay. But it, the perspective is our common unity and the power of our collective consciousness is important to our existence together here on earth. So instead of us giving away our energy and being focused on a lot of the negative, stressful stuff that we are seeing in our environment, perhaps we should remember to use what we know to be the truth about our spiritual nature. What is our spiritual nature telling us? That we are one with the infinite spirit of life. Our spiritual nature knows that we have within us the power of creation, that we can use the power of our word to speak a thing and to see that it's done. Shall I share another story? And it has to do with the weather. I can recall once I was up on my roof and I really needed to get the new roofing on the house because I literally had spots in the ceiling from where water had dripped through the ceiling down from the roof down to the ceiling and there was water spots so I had to replace the roof on the house and while I was up there with the other workers we saw these clouds and it was like all of the shingles had been taken off the house so it was imperative with us seeing the clouds and then hearing the weather report that gave us surety it was going to rain. We needed to get the new shingles on the house. So the workers were hammering and I said, give me a hammer. I start hammering and I start praying, oh God, hold the rain, hold the rain, hold the rain, please, you know. Now, in science of mind, we teach you don't do <laughs> beseeching and begging, but I was not rain. Guess what? The rain stayed back until we got all the shingles on the house, and then it, the sky just burst open. So I know that I can speak my word and see something done. I can be in harmony with the earth and the things, the processes of the earth that benefits me and benefits others. I didn't say don't ever let it rain, God. I just said hold it. Just hold it for a little bit. And that was done. That was done. Dr. Holmes not only shares that with us, but, you know, he gives us these wonderful ideas he says, we must remember to always honor and respect life with each breath, step, word, and thought. What you bless, blesses you. And this is the power of reciprocity. So do we bless our life? Do we bless the earth? Do we bless the water? Do we bless the air? Do we bless the environment in which we live? In spite of what we see, do we allow our vision, our sight to go to that place of spirit? Because what we see is what is reflected back to us. 
Do you choose to see the good even when there is the appearance of something that you don't like? There is a source of reality in this life which always goes to good. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life, there is some good that will come from it. Open your minds to see it. Open your heart to let it be revealed to you. And a quick little example of that would be, oh, I want this particular job, and you find out you don't get the job, and a few months later you go, oh, thank God I didn't get that job. Mm? Mm? Oh, I was been that a couple of times. You know, really depressed because I didn't get what I thought I wanted, but it was life that says there's something better for you and you don't need to have this weight on you. We are reading in the book Spiritual Equality, uh, Ecology, Spiritual Ecology, and it's about our role and responsibility to be good stewards of the earth. I want to call upon you to really start thinking about how can you be a better steward of your earth environment right where you are. Many of us think in terms of okay, I'll do some recycling, fine. And in my household, somebody stole the brown garbage can that's supposed to be for garbage. So now we have to put garbage into the recycling bin and the compost bin, which is extremely huge, and I don't know why they think you eat that much food that you have, food, you have something like a 50-gallon compost <laughs> garbage can. But there is the mixing of the waste streams. But what else can we do? Is there something else that we could do? Is the earth crying out for us to do something? I bet some of you know that the earth is crying out for us to do something. What happened on Friday? Does anybody remember what happened just this past Friday? Please share with us. the global strike by our young people. Because we, the older ones, have not been listening as well as doing something. Because the strike was because you haven't done something. We want to bring it back to your attention. There's a problem here. And you're not taking care of the environment in which I live and that I will inherit from you. Our youth are calling us to task. Our youth are calling our community leaders that are in the government structure system to task. In other words, that strike says, I'm in your face, and I need you to pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Don't sit around in the rooms anymore just coming up with plans and ideas on what you want to do. Get up off of your backside and implement those plans. Implement those plans. That is what we have to do. The spiritual ecology that we are talking about this entire month 
is spirit. It is spirit. The earth is spirit just as you and I are spirit. We are connected. There is no separations. Our scientists have demonstrated that there is a wonderful connection that exists between the humans and the electromagnetic field of the earth. So I used a big word, electromagnetic field. Each one of us have an aura, right? Do you know what your aura is? Your mental atmosphere is there. So when we breathe in meditation and we decide to release from us those feelings of joy, feelings of depression, feelings of elation, love, compassion, peace, it connects in correlates with the electromagnetic field of the planet itself. The greatest example that our scientist shares with us is that correlation demonstrated through 9-11. They showed that correlation. Since that time, there have been other smaller events, but they're still being able to show the correlation. So I became a member of HeartMath Institute. I love HeartMath because they're teaching us about the heart-brain connection as well as how when we release this energetic from ourselves, from our heart, what it's doing in our environment. Science of Mind tells us if you have negative thoughts, that's what you get. If you have positive thoughts, that is what goes out from you, and that is what returns to you. Hard math is saying, let me show you how to do it in an even better way. Why do we need to hear from the scientists? I think it's important for us to hear from the scientists on this because Ernest Holmes and so many other Metaphysical teachers have always known this. Indigenous people have always known of our connection with the earth. They've always known it's important for us to be respectful of Gaia. It's always important for us to give grateful thanks for what the earth has brought to us and that we are receiving a gift from the earth when we receive the food. They've always known that. And yet, we haven't practiced that in the way that says that we truly understand it. But that's just the way it is, folks. That's just life. And what we're saying today is that our community is one of connection. Everything is interrelated. Everything is interconnected. It may not appear to be that way, but it is. My last example to demonstrate that in terms of community and connection, earthquakes in California, fires in California, in specific communities, you find that people let go of whatever their category and identity is and just become one human family, being mindful of one another to make sure that, are you okay? How can I help you? It doesn't matter what your station in life is. You are part of that affected community. The global heart 
The global heart is one that is within each one of us, and the heart of humanity is within each of us. This is the day that I'm asking you to be mindful of the fact that each one of us is a part of this global community. Doesn't matter if somebody is over in Switzerland or Africa, we are all a part of the global community. And as part of the global community, we're connected to one another. And so it is. Let's just have a simple little word of prayer. Let us give grateful thanks for this awareness. Let us give grateful thanks for this word of life. We accept that it finds its perfect place of rest within each one of the hearers. I am so thankful for this earth. I am so thankful for this place of habitation, for it provides us with the basic needs of life. And for this, we're truly thankful for and I release this simple word of gratitude into this environment, into life, and so it is. Okay. Thank you.